Hello, one and all, and welcome to the May 25th edition of Weekly Manga Recap. As we approach the end of the month, it's time to talk about manga once again. You ready for that, Quinn? Yeah, I guess so. Are you ready? Are you prepared? This is such a serious endeavor. We are going to do what we do, the same every week, and talk about comics for children. Hey. Even Super Smartphone isn't for children. That's that's an adult that's, series. That's that's for mature audiences only. That's not for adults. Uh, it's not for kids. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure who it's for. To be completely honest, I don't. I guess adolescents, maybe. I don't. It well, well, well we got to talk about it this week. So, <laughs> or maybe every oh. week afterwards. Who knows? There's a briefcase right out. Hey, it's right here. I, who uh, knows? We could be talking about it every week. Okay, so actually, we do have a little. I hope they can get a gif of just your one eye, your one eyelid twitching in that moment. I mean, I, I do it enough, so. <laughs> <sighs> okay, it's, it's all right. You can do this. You can do this. <laughs> just had to talk about Boruto and Super Smart and then you're out. <laughs> I don't know which I would rather talk about. So if it helps, probably. <laughs> we don't have to start with either of them. That's true. Uh, and also, there is a bit more uh, like news that's going on in the manga world uh, that um, has to do, of course, with the stuff that we talk about. Uh, there is a new batch of series that are going to that are going to be debuting mm-hmm. in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. It was a weird kind of thing where, like, this is like the, we've already we've just had three chapters of Super Smartphone, and now there's going to be another series that starts next week, and uh, it looks like there it looks like there might be a couple that are ending and beginning. I said uh, we've uh, we've got confirmation that Ayashiman yeah, is Ayashiman ending. is so. ending, and I believe the theory is Protect Me Shugamaru is ending right after that. Unfortunately, I'm behind on quite a few series, so I haven't did that. Um, you don't know what for. Did Roboco actually get an anime announcement? Yes, it did. <laughs> Hell Which yeah, buddy. Is... <laughs> like, hey. It's not one of my favorites, but it's definitely got its audience, and I think it deserves it. So. Oh, that's great. I'm sad if I type uh, Roboco anime, though. I get a VTuber. What is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fair. Uh, there, it is also, I guess, worth noting that uh, Togashi created a Twitter account uh, that has been verified mm-hmm. and announced that there will, will be, I think it's like six chapters are supposedly coming. Um, there's not a clear idea when. Uh, it could be a while. Um, but yeah. if you're a Hunter Hunter fan, there might be more of it for you, which is pretty cool. I definitely think that yeah, if um, if there's one thing that Hunter Hunter fans uh, should have learned by this point, it is don't count your chickens before they hatch. Um, even when the series actually does, you know, like have chapters come out, like there's you know no guarantee that it lasts very long. I think it's probably a good idea if they plan on okay, you know, we'll do a few chapters and that's what we'll announce. I, and, yeah, but, I think it's. Look, I, I I don't know if I'd call myself a Hunter Hunter fan per se, although I do like to uh, Togashi's uh, work a lot. Um, but I I think more than anything, I'm one excited to see that he is able to work to a point. I know it's 
definitely a very creatively challenging thing for him and that mm. his physicality makes it very difficult for him to write. Uh, but he does not want to let this piece of you know media go to someone else. He, he wants to finish this story. So I do like that mm. there is he's able to get something out there. I hope it's being done under the, the best of circumstances and I hope his health is very well. And I hope it brings him a sense of satisfaction yeah. to be doing it. Yes. Yes. I hope that it makes him feel good to do it. Weird that it's, I know, I'm not saying it's weird that me and Robico is getting an anime, but when you look at some of the stuff that has been running for a while, that hasn't gotten an anime and jump, it's like, huh, at this well, point, okay, I'm fairly certain Undead Unlock and, and Mission Yozakura family are just aren't going to get anime. Like, at this point, it'd be like almost weird to give it to them. Mm. And uh, then, of course, there's also Mashal. Uh, so, so Mashal still might. There's, I guess, the possibility, like, if Mashal really is ending in, like, a year or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, that's another one that's a little bit strange. And then, weirdly enough, like everything else that hasn't gotten an anime is actually newer than me and Robico. I think it's so. Some, it's I, I think, what a weird era of jump we're in, where like everything I, I, I is think, three years old less. I was like, gonna say, I think like Mission Years of Kura Family is like the fifth or sixth most senior series in the, in the magazine at this point. You're like, that's a baby uh, series. One Piece, My Hero Academia, Black Clover, Jujutsu Kaisen, and then yeah, Mission Years of Kura Family. Yeah, the fifth oldest. I mean, not counting like, you know, that like Bleach is quote unquote running or Burn the Witch is quote unquote running. So, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not of, the, of the ongoing this. stuff, it is the fifth oldest. Yeah, you're right. So that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's the three years old. <laughs> and it's it's a crazy time. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of stuff that is currently ongoing, let's get rolling with my Hero Academia is chapter 353, Endeavor. Oh, see, and, uh, I, it's unfortunate these things don't get, I guess, proofread enough. It says Endeavor. That's clearly Todoroki on the cover, though. Like, is. they must have put yeah, the wrong yeah. character on. That's mm, that's embarrassing. You know, we shouldn't even bring it up. It, it, it was probably an innocent mistake. <laughs> it's probably nothing. <laughs> It also looks as though uh, this is the technique that he's been using in action because the blue and white flames are cloaking over him. So that's kind of cool. It's like, oh, well, the flame is bicolored like him. So did I tell the story on the podcast? I can't remember who I've told the story to or not. Uh, It was a month ago after my brother passed. Uh, My sister got a package from the company she works at uh, and no, the only thing in relation to this that you, that I think you've talked about is the is, is the burritos that you okay. ate too many of. Yeah. So, so uh, my sister got essentially. We came back from doing like you know errands and stuff like that, and it's been like four days or so. And there's a package from her company on like outside her door. So she's like, I have no idea what this is, and she opens it up, and I'm like talking to somebody else. Like I think I'm talking to my dad in the living room. And my sister comes in. I was like, What was in the package? She's like the box lid for a thing of pretzels and it still has the price tag on it. (laughs) So clearly they bought her a thing of pretzels as like a bereavement gift. But then whatever intern was doing it took the lid off and then. (laughs) Well, this is the only thing that's got the shipping label on it, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> they just said, Here you go. <laughs> 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 my sister's like so not only do i not have pretzels i just know how much they cost and i have the lid to show it i know what we'll do we'll give the person who literally has no sense of social cues or like traditions and stuff be in charge of setting up bereavement packages <laughs> just... so, well, huh well there's this, there's this, there's the shipping label on this rope, but they inconveniently wrapped it around a bunch of flowers. So I better undo it and send them that, and then I guess I'll throw the flowers away. <laughs> it's the notion that somebody was like, "Oh, we don't want to send a lid; that'll be tacky." Or we just send a lid, <laughs> and then it's kind of funny. <laughs> look, we don't want them to see, look. We don't want her to see the you know like how much we spent on it. That's that's a little bit weird. So you know, just get just get rid of that. Okay. Well, my, my, oh, hey, pretzels, sweet. <laughs> yeah, some intern was like, dude, free pretzels. Score one for the big dog. What's a Mikey? God. That's so weird. <laughs> if it helps, my sister All actually right. had to ask the company. I was like, what was this? And they were like, we're so sorry. Yeah. They just gave her like a $100 gift card to Uber or something like that. To like, we're, we're sorry. I don't know how that got fucked up like that. Two weeks later, like the, the cardboard wrapping for the gift card arrives and there's no gift card inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this chapter of My Hero Academia, hey, Shoto Todoroki has beaten Dobby, and much celebration is had. Not really. They're still in the middle of a battlefield, but everyone's like, yay, we've gotten a a big boost of motivation because he beat the guy. Yeah. Uh, And and all the other random heroes are like oh let's take down this big nomu thing or whatever it is yeah let's do it and they're like we did we're doing it because there's not a lot of strong villains here cool um and news gets back to the the command center where all might is and, and he is uh like brought to tears over over what's happened i mean it's a pretty big you know emotional moment so um, but they're like, hey, this is a big victory for us. It's good. Uh, and the, the, the news also spreads to the other squads as well. Uh, and we see Ashido's group uh, gets the good news. And uh, Mount Lady is there. And uh, 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 he's like, oh, man, he's the way he's got his head in the clouds had me worried for nothing. I love that kid. Which I think just kind of goes to show she doesn't really understand the, the kids in class 1a very well and she only got impressions of them from that one lesson that she helped teach and that is it uh-huh. which i guess is pretty realistic so um some 90s comic book guy <laughs> with a metal skull mask with a tube coming out of it uh is he he's i guess in some sort of leadership role among the uh tartarus villains and uh, he's like oh so we had this uh this is all a ruse on their part pretending to be scattered and without unity but they had several dozen heroes stationed here prepared to go on the defensive why did you think they were pretending to be scattered and without unity i did i don't know if they anyone willingly gave that impression 
Uh, th- by the way, this character is actually Mr. Eats a Giant Twizzler Man. Uh, his oh. superpower is he just eats a gigantic Twizzler. Um, kind of in a revolting way, he just kind of unhinges his mouth and just chomps down, kind of like a snake. It's it's kind of like mythology. The, the Twizzler never ends, so his task is truly never done. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> some say that's why he's a villain. God has abandoned him. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good, like, I'm trying to think of a good plot, but the only one that's coming to mind is, like, uh, Aurora Vines or something like that. <laughs> it's a good that's one. Not quite, it's about as good as I can do it. Anyway, but he, he's still talking big shit. Uh, he says, oh, they've squandered all their resources. The era of liberation is at hand. These purveyors of falses will be crushed beneath our boots. Just like that UA school teacher. Oh, he's the one who killed oh. Midnight, maybe. Or maybe, or he was there, or something. <laughs> or I heard about it, I don't know. Midnight, yeah. remember her. Remember, she was like the one person who died in that particular battle that we had any connection to at all. But Ashido uh, hears this, and uh, I think she's making a face like she's going to kill this guy, because like, she's not making a distressed face. I uh, am not sure what happens in this scene. Because Ashino is like, good job, Todoroki did it. And then, like, an entirely separate conversation with Mr. Eats a Twizzler guy happens. <laughs> and then he references Midnight. Yes. And I guess Ashino hears him and is reacting to it. Yes. And then Kaminari shows up and the scene ends. Kirishima. <laughs> Kirishima, yeah. And I'm like, was he gone? <laughs> What's he doing? He makes reference to an escort mission being done. And there's been a lot of stuff going on in these past few chapters since they split everyone up. There are, by the nature of this being a massive wide scale battle, a lot of characters involved. There may have been a reference to what Kirishima was doing prior to this. If so, I do not remember it. I, I, I'll, I'll just I'll just own up to that. Um, but Kirishima makes a little bit of a let's go get him speech. He's like, hey, Todoroki just showed everyone what a dude he is. Literally, he says that. Mm-hmm. Now, made reference here to I don't know how Ashido is reacting. There is an even weirder thing that happens immediately after this. So we cut to another area where there's fighting going on. There's there's like some sporting arena and Sato and Ojiro are like, hey, we'll celebrate after the battle is over. Yeah. Uh, And then it cuts over to Saro. Who is given a word bubble that's going ellipses and you can't see his face because of his helmet. I have no clue. What is going on? Why did you cut to him? I, maybe it's supposed to be mysterious. Like maybe he sees something they don't, and like we haven't gotten the dividends to that quite yet. Maybe Aoyama wasn't really the traitor. Maybe it was actually Sarah. Man, how fucking funny would it have been if at the end I almost like I was just happy for the attention you guys were giving me, so I went along with it. But Sarah has been the traitor for years, dude. So, look. There is this thing, 
among many, 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 many big fans of shonen manga in particular to overanalyze every single little detail of every single chapter. And I'm not going to try and get into what does this mean? But if this was here and it wasn't for any purpose, I don't really know why it was done. Like it, it seems very random. I, so I, yeah, I have to assume all these things are meant to pay off, but I don't think we know enough about these characters to know what the payoff is right now. So right now it just seems like, again, why does Ashino stare Ow. at this bad guy? Why does Saro have ellipses there? Like, I do get it in that this seems to be a chapter where the class of 1A is kind of rallying behind yes. Todoroki's victory. So that makes sense. So when there are characters who do things that aren't them rallying behind Todoroki's victory, you're just like, why are we? What are they doing? Why is this happening? You see, you're being a real bummer right now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I get the Ashido thing a bit better. It does seem as though she's reacting to the villain. I don't know what Sarah is reacting to. Is it people say, like, let's go win and then celebrate? And is Sarah just like, oh, we're all going to die? Or like, what, what is going on? Is that that's anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm going to drop it. We're going to move on because uh, there is other stuff at work here. So Aoyama is with Fat Gum. And they are staring down one of the Tartarus escapees, Kudieta, who looks not unlike Scarecrow from Batman. In terms of like general posture and like he's got all these kind of bits of rope or straw or something tasseling off of him. This dude has an absolutely awesome character design. Like this dude looks so fucking cool. I wish he had been in this series for years. Like this design fucking slaps. And I feel like <laughs> I'm going to be really disappointed when next week Ayama just shoots him with a laser. <laughs> His head explodes or whatever happens. Yeah, I could have seen like this guy being all for one, even like, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool villain design. So, yeah. uh, and uh, he talks of he ta he basically calls out like, no, oh, no, I see what you were trying to do. Yeah, you were your 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 priority was you know to split up the primary fighters on our side, and as for dealing with us dregs, you planned to improvise on the spot. But why did you you know? plan on doing that were you just like trusting each other were you just hoping things would work out such things invisible to the eye coat this planet like an oppressive membrane what is this dude's <laughs> they threw me in prison for weird <laughs> metaphors apparently that's a crime uh he also refers to dictator's failure and he says, my turn never came around, but now I can demonstrate my utility to all for one as one of his assassins. And we're all going to come after you, Yuga Aoyama, the bat of Aesop. What is with the guy, this guy, the way this guy talks? It's awesome. Everything about him's dope. He's hanging out in a giant butterfly flower patch. It's fucking awesome. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So... Is there a bat in one of Aesop's fables? Oh, a yeah, bat could not one. choose sides in a potential war. When Pete, oh, that's pretty good. All right, I'll take that. Damn, I was gonna have to make one up on the fly. I was like, well, there's the story of the bat who flies a rat across the river, and 
The rat just is kind of like needy and asks for a cookie and then like a glass of milk <laughs> and then like wants a bedtime story right and then the bat just drowns him. But because of the weight being dropped, the bat loses balance and also drowns. I kind of combined like six stories into one and everyone dies at the end. If you care. Oh, and then the, the, bat's na- the bat's name was the giving tree. That's the twist at the end. <laughs> going to kill this thing all right all right time for another confusing element of this chapter so present mike uh, the battle that he's at he calls out that hey shoto beat dobby uh, and shoji is at this battle site and he's like hey good on that guy uh and then he has to dive to i think this is present mike because it's the only other hero we see in this one scene i think he pulls him out of the way of a giant Spinner. Yes. He's huge now. What happened? <laughs> uh all for one modified him. I guess. That's what I you can see. It's 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 Dobby saying, like, I don't need any of that Game crap. Power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but Spinner's really pissed off. Uh, because like this there's no way that Dobby actually lost. This is this is just like information warfare against us. And yeah. Uh, he recalls Dobby rejecting getting any powers from All for One. Well, and then All for One going, eh, give me your face. Uh, and, but Spinner's really pissed off now. And uh, the word everything is inside his mouth. <laughs> Which is a choice. I don't know if it's a good choice. I don't know what narrative decision it was to place everything inside of his mouth. I understand where everything is important in the context. Why his mouth? I don't know, but it was a decision that was made. Yes. Um, and he just kind of rallies the troops that are around him uh, and says, hey, they've locked up Kurgiri. We're going to take him back. Let's demolish the system that's oppressed us. And uh, Shoji is there. And I think that this is ac- there is something that I think is actually pretty, you know, like, OK, there's 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 a reason that Shoji is here. Mm. He is the the big mutant guy in class 1A. He is squaring off against Spinner and his army of mutants. Yes, that is a very that, significant thing. Okay. Uh, that but he does is, actually. That is a good narrative choice. I don't know about yeah. everything inside of Spinner's mouth, but that was a good narrative choice. Uh, and he gets, like, he gets like, I don't know. There's not been a lot of Shoji moments in this entire series. He had a little period to shine during the Vanguard training camp. Yes. Um, uh, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but he says that he's proud that he made it into Todoroki's class. It's like, oh, that's nice. Uh, we cut over to Shoto and Ida, and uh, we had a little moment where he's like, well, maybe Ida will do something. And Shoto's like, your engine stalled, right? Sorry. In fairness, I kind of like it. Because at first I thought he was just like, oh, you, you fucking your engine stalled because you suck. And I'm like, oh, no. His engine stalled because he just froze the surrounding landscape and it yeah. probably crushed yeah. his, his fucking engines. And then now yeah. it has to like, you know, recover. And I was like, all right, Edith's like, hey, don't worry about that. The collateral damage mm. isn't important right now. What's important is you, you stop this very bad threat. Uh, and Dobby is beaten. And so some of the heroes go to move his unconscious form. They're like, oh, man, how is he still alive in this state? And we zoom in on Dobby's charred chest and something is glowing 
right above his solar plexus. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that, was... that something's going to happen. Oh, it was his eyes. No, I guess it, it, yeah, it is something in the middle of his chest, huh? Yeah. I don't know what that is. A bomb? Maybe. Wouldn't be the first time that all for one's been like, there you go. <laughs> so. Uh, and word has also reached the site of the battle between Endeavor and All for One, where Hawks is also there. And uh, Endeavor is like staring at him, and All for One's like, What does that face imply? Affection? Grief? You refuse to take a good look at. God, your font is impossible to read, All for One. Stop trying to be cool. You're not cool. Uh, but yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, look at you trying to be all Mr. Big Shit. This is why you lose. And then he extends his hand and each of his fingers has a different quirk uh, manifesting in it, which is a pretty cool sight. Yeah, uh, I like that one of them is manifesting into uh, like sort of like a, a like a cancerous thing with a face on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my shitty power. Nub nub. <laughs> Isn't he adorable? <laughs> Utterly useless in battle, but he's so cute. Look at him. I just want to feed him. You can't. Oh, God. Food gives him pain. <laughs> His existence truly reminds us to embrace the joys of life. I thought uh, it was a fine chapter. Yeah. Like, I, I do like the idea that this was a big moment. Todoroki took down one of the, the most significant characters in the army that is not really a rally. Like, it's not like exactly like a turnabout or anything like that. The war kind of hadn't been going on long enough, but it's this rallying point of like, hey, this is one of the biggest fighters that All for One side had, and one of the UA students took him down, and that's a huge thing. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. do, and, and everyone from UA reacts to it. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah, Todoroki, except for a couple characters, but like. Yeah, everyone's super pumped. I thought that was a, an awesome move. It really did sell the the impact of that moment. Um, but yeah, there are a couple points where you're like, I'm not exactly sure what this scene is meant to convey. Things like that. Maybe it will mean something more later. We shall see. Yes. In the meantime, we will cut over to Undead Unluck number 111 in trust. Nick, do you need some time? Keep going. That's okay. okay. Nick is, by the way, killing a bug. For those of you who are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, Nick is firmly focused outside of this, following a bug, so he can murder it with what I believe is essentially pure alcohol. It's very close to pure alcohol, <laughs> yes. And it's gotten into my water now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. We'll go get some new one. Or drink it and go wild, you know? <laughs> Life is for the living. <laughs> Good face. Undead unlock number 111 in trust. So we opened with a flashback of Rip explaining to Lotlo their pl- his plan. He's like, I'm going to go through the loop, get a second chance at her, her operation. I'll have someone else do the surgery. There's not going to be any holes. This will work. And Lotlo's like, well, what about Ragnarok? Even if you do save Layla, it'll still happen. And sorry, Lotlo is who I meant to be saved. Right, right. Uh, and Rip's they have like, very similar names, yeah. yes. And Rip's just like, I can't help but wonder if it's fine if we all die in Ragnarok. You know, as long as we all die together. This is a guy who really only, like, that's, it's it's the pain that's in his heart right now. It's, it's yeah. what's kind of carried him through this. He, he has all these feelings for Layla, and he's fine dying in the apocalypse if it means 
she doesn't die at his hands and everything like that. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where it's the tragedy of the character that yes. has caused him that that has been he has been set on this path by the cruelty of God. You know, he's got tunnel vision and he doesn't see the option that is truly the good one because he's so dead set on this one thing that he experienced. So I like it a lot. So we cut back to the present as Andy uh, floats down to where he basically murdered Rip to and he's bringing down Lotla so that the two of them can spend their last moments together. And as he's leaving, uh, Rip just says, it's hopeless. I know what you're thinking. You're going to try to fix everything in the next loop. And he's like, look, I figured otherwise someone as soft as you would have never taken things this so far. You're going to save everyone, get them to join you, and somehow become bosom buddies and take down God and get the good ending, right? And he's just like, yes. And Rips just starts laughing. He's like, there's no way you can pull that off, not by a long shot. We're all in this sorry state because what you're aiming for is impossible. And, you know, what? Are you going to save Layla for me? Huh? I'm telling you, it doesn't work. I'm going to try to save Layla anyway. You are not going to be able to stop us on that day. And Andy says, I will change it. If I couldn't, there'd be no point in taking the loop. And there's a very cool framing of the images as he's looking at Rip. Because you get a full body shot of uh, Andy. And the bottom of the page is Rip's face. So Andy's body, his legs are in between rips good and bad eye it's very cool yeah and you can see so much more emotion in his his damaged eye in that moment as well as it's kind of crying more blood uh rip sits you know he sat up at this point and he just kind of says like all right <laughs> like he just kind of resolves himself to it and lotla says the date of the surgery uh, it happened because of her fortune telling and rip performing the surgery i'm begging you please change her fate save her and andy just disappears basically he, he kind of goku like jumps away but it you know it's with blood so it's like yeah <laughs> it's pretty gross <laughs> uh we get the confirmation that basically the way it all happened was andy was able to talk to lucy and she pulled the car down which got victor out mm. um but uh i want to cut to the actual end of this which is lotla and rip dying together <laughs> Where, yeah uh they kind of watch andy leave and rip just says next time let us join your group and andy jumps off and rides a motorcycle well, away well hold on hold on he says he i'm not sure if he's responding to what rip says or he's describing what he now does because he says sick wicked sick <laughs> saying like in response to that because he, he said it loud enough for him and it was Andy just be like wicked cool bro uh so rip and lotla laying on the ground basically just say like so i guess everything we did was for nothing then lotla's a little bit more optimistic she's like was it you know we we managed to entrust this task to him and if you hadn't decided to fight we would never met those two so in that way, your actions did change fate. That the the idea that you fought is the only reason why there's any chance that she's going to survive. So it's in a way, it's kind mm -hmm. of affirming that. Uh, and he's basically just like, "All right, cool." Uh, 
it wasn't all me. You know, you were there, Lala, every step of the way. And then Rip dies. <laughs> and Lala yeah. says to his while, while Lala is While Lala is, like, cupping his cheek and they're right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And she just says, good night, Rip. You've always been so cool. And Andy is on his blood motorcycle driving away saying there's no turning back and he's he's up at union uh wait just wait you see rip and there's also a note that he has a conversation with um lucy about her mom Mm -hmm. kind of dodging the conversation of just like i'm sure she's gonna be all better kid out now granted you know when andy comes back to this you know or i guess when andy does it, it's gonna be fuko uh when they do it you know, hopefully they'll be able to save her mom like soup, but I guess Andy didn't have to murder the little girl. He has, yeah. <laughs> he has that to be that kind of reaper. I feel like if he had to kill Lucy, we would be like, mm, I don't know if we should uh, <laughs> trust the fate of the world to this guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 an intense chapter. It is. Um, yeah, it really feels like we're ramping up and it's like, okay, I don't think that there's much else that we can actually do in this loop. It feels like, okay, we should just if you, if there's going to be another fight, it should be a fight purely to for the sake of okay, this is if they get past this point, then they're sending Fuku on the arc. Like that 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 should be it. Um, because I feel like after that whole big confrontation, it's like okay, that that's you've basically reached what feels like the climax of this sequence. So, well, I guess she does give him a kiss. Maybe. Uh, it's she, hard to tell from that she, angle. She has something. Rip has something like it seems weird because it seems really small, but she does seem to have, or he does seem to have like lip marks around the the corner of his his cheek. He does look like that. I mean, it's hard to tell because he did have smudges on that area of his mouth before too. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it is meant to be ambiguous. Yes. So, all right, Nick. You know what's not ambiguous. Uh, how much I Boruto. Boruto, number seventy from the bottom of my heart. Now we get this picture of Amado imitating my feelings. <laughs> Just, uh... All right. Last time, everyone was under the influence of Ada and couldn't do anything, but Shikamaru had a plan. Hey, Ada, why don't you just join Konoha? Then you could hang out with Kawaki without having to kill everyone. That's a good point. Yeah. So, Ada looks at Shikamaru, and one of her eyes goes, Shkeen! And Code uh, is like, Hey, hey, what what are you... No, 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 this is bullshit. Don't don't you abandon me here. And he says, shut up. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So Ada looks at Shikamaru and he's like, what, what, what is she doing? At that moment, Naruto is trying to get into the room and, oh, he hits the, he hits the console. He hits the code into the console to open the door. And it goes, Bang! and Naruto. <laughs> For a like, hot moment, this was like a 90s SNL skit with Rob Schneider. He hit the code and it goes, Bang! and it don't open. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Naruto! All your friends are dang. <sighs> so he 
with mental communication with Eno goes, the door won't open. And Eno says, sorry, guys. Try turning it off and turning it back on. Yeah. Which, which she just distracted him with tech support. Did you enable, did you enable your cookies? Uh, yeah. Are you, are you in admin mode? No, you're not in admin mode. That's probably why it's not, not working. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, control alt uh, escape. And then um, to the okay, yeah, no, 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 no. You don't need that to run. No, you need that to run though. Don't, don't, don't force quit that one. <laughs> How okay. much stuff do you have in your startup screen? That's nah, too much. That's why your computer's always so slow. So let's delete some of those. Okay, disable some of those. No, you, Naruto, you, you don't need all of those. You don't need all those search bar extensions on Internet Explorer. Yes, I do. I like it this way. <laughs> Let's me automatically search 20 different websites without having to go to the website first. You know, he makes a good point. Naruto's actually kind of onto something. People should be allowed to have as many tabs open as they want, and they're not a bad person for it. Naruto, why do you have all this adware? Naruto, how many porn games have you been playing? <laughs> uh, yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is not a computer. It's, uh, the Land of Sounds computer. They left it here as a trap. They planned. They revived. <laughs> Man. Uh, I was damn it. Oh, fuck. I wish I remembered sound ninja names because if I could, then I would try and make some sort of joke about this. But it, it's it's already gone. It's already there, gone. Move on. Zabu or something like that or something like that. I think Dosu was the weird guy with like the, all the bandages over his face. Anyway. Team, so Team Dosu, hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. Let's talk about this instead of this. Uh, Dosu, Zaku, and Kin. Zaku, right? Yeah, that was the guy's name with the the busted up arms. I was going to do a thing, but like the timings are all ruined now. I was like, he needs the arms. Never mind. So okay. Uh, so naruto gets in contact with shikamaru through eno's mental communication ability thingy and shikamaru just says i don't have time to explain right now it's a delicate situation don't interfere don't destroy the expensive lock system and force your way in here the village's budget is already shrinking every year as it is excuse me the village's Budget is shrieking every year. Naruto, what have you been doing? <laughs> I, I like this weird insight. <laughs> the idea that there are some real financial hardships going on at the very top of Ninja Land. Like, <laughs> like the idea that they have kind of like second cut security. <laughs> like, we can't afford it. Like, come on. Like, where's the money going to come from, Naruto? Taxes? Get Kitamura invented a lightsaber that nobody can use. Do you know how much that set us back? <laughs> so, oh. Sasuke and Boruto also arrive. And Ada turns to look at Chikamaru and she says, Huh, the Hokage and others are stuck outside because you told Akali to lock the door to protect them from my ability, didn't you? And Shikamaru's like, she knows what's going on, but how? That left eye of hers lets her see, I see. And then Amado talks to Shikamaru through Eno's communication ability and says, it's called Senrigan. She can see what's happening anywhere in the world. And it's not limited to current events. She can view past occurrences, too. You can't hide anything from her, for the most part. And 
So <sighs> she's looking at him, and Chibar says, but it seems like she can't overhear these conversations of ours, so she must not be able to peer into our hearts. If we didn't have Eno's jutsu, brr, it makes me shudder. What makes me laugh is, so they're having this entire long fucking conversation in the mental world, but for everyone else who is not present, these two are just dead quiet staring at each other for like a minute. They're just like straight up just looking at each other. It's like, Come on, do something. Can we just kill them? And he is just like, I'm thinking about it. Shut up, Cody. No, let the moment breathe. This is what Shikamaru, I'm going to come for you next. Is what most public speakers don't understand about presentation is you need to give your sentences time to have an impact. You can't just rush on to the next thought. You've got to let the moment Sit there. So, I'm so sorry. This is so bad. So, Ada says to Shikamaru, "You know, I kind of figured that you just like treat me as an enemy right away. But yeah, I guess maybe we don't need to fight." And Shikamaru says, "Yeah, but if you continue helping Code, then you will be considered Konoha's foe." So, come on, us or code, which side's the better pick? Take a good hard think about it. Honestly, she really shouldn't need to think this long about it. <laughs> it seems like if she is motivated entirely by just selfish purpose, purposes, I don't know why she even thinks about code for this. There's going to have to be something revealed for why she sticks with him, because I don't buy that she does. Yeah. We cut over to Kawaki's hospital room. Sumire is like, oh, so you killed Boruto, huh? But it's okay, because he's not dead, right? Um, Yeah, I'm sure you were forced to make painful decisions. Huh? And then Kawaki stares at his hand, and he's like, that bastard Amada restored my karma without my permission. I think it was when you re- And Samira's like, yeah, you know, he did repairs on you before. I guess we didn't, like, pay attention to what he was doing. Oops. Oopsie poopsies. What are you going to do? Uh, but Kawaki admits... Kawaki admits that he did want the karma back because he was weak without it. And he's like, if I didn't have this, then the Hokage would be dead. It's the first time I was grateful to have this power from the bottom of my heart. And I realized that I need it. And he's staring at his hand, too, all melodramatically and stuff. Uh, Sumire points out, hey, maybe Amato's just manipulating you. Maybe the reason why he's so hung up on your karma is for his own purposes. Gee, you think maybe he's not entirely trustworthy? Thanks for that. Meanwhile, Code is like, I'm bored now, digging his fingers into Amada's shoulder and stuff. He's like, remove the freaking stuff on me. Give me my power back. And Amado is screaming in his head to Shigemaru, like, I can't take this. And Shigemaru points out, he says, specific, I want, he says, straight up, he can't kill you because he needs to have his limiters removed. And if he kills you, he'll never get his power back. He won't kill you. All he can do is torture you. 
if as soon as you remove his restraints, he is going to kill you because you'll have served your purpose to him. So don't do it. But even so, I was like, but I'm being tortured. I might die anyway, bear. I mean, I, Ada think, I, I thought that I thought that made enough sense where he's like, that makes sense. I'm considering it. Moment. And he's like, look, <laughs> yeah, I get it. It would suck. I'm going to die anyway. This sucks so much right yeah. now, though. Anyway, <laughs> like this fucking blows. It makes sense. Why in the moment he's like, but I might die anyway. So I don't know if I can bear this. Then Ada is like, oh, I see something code. We have to go because Kawaki coming. And it was like, dun, wait, dun, Kawaki. But the door to this room has been sealed. <gasps> but he has Sukuna Hikona. He could be planning to shrink himself and enter via an air vent. No other ninjutsu could possibly allow anyone to get through an air vent. Definitely. It, it's just not scientific. How would you do it? Huh? What other ninja art allows you to shrink down? There's only one. So I just uh, there is some very, I guess novelty is the word that they're like. He could have shrunk down and gotten into an air vent, and then it cuts to him doing that exact thing. And I really wish it had like cut to him, and it's him like about to dive into a toilet and being like, "I hope this goes underneath that room." <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> or he like tries to go into the air vent, but he doesn't trick himself down first, so he's just going kind of like <laughs> Hey Lube up, Borto, I gotta go in. <laughs> Borto, not in the room, he just assumes he's behind him. Loop me up, give me a push. Sumira's right behind him. It's like we're in the hospital. We're nowhere near the building that you need to be in to sneak into that room. <laughs> Do you like, do you want me to like pull up Google Maps like and to get you directions or something? It's like, I. No, Boruto told me technology is evil and never helpful. <laughs> Boruto plays video games all the time. He said those are the only exception. <laughs> that forms so, you can use to yell at my minorities you don't like. <laughs> those are the two good things the internet created, he said. And I believed him. He's my bro. Why would he lie to me? <laughs> Boruto Anon. <laughs> All right, so he said Dosu's coming back, and he's gonna leave Komaha to a new future. <laughs> he said that the last Hokage election was rigged. <laughs> Bernardo died in the Great Ninja War. Dosu's been impersonating him for years. He's finally going to reveal the, himself. The QB is a lizard. Like <laughs> clock anything we need to get you off the internet. <laughs> we never went to the moon. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure that that's how Naruto and Hinata got married. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Did it happen or is it just a movie? Because the movies aren't canon, except they are. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Code's like, oh shit, Kawaki is coming, and he'll kick my ass. And Shikamaru thinks to himself, like, that's right, Kawaki can nullify Code's claw marks, so they fear getting their escape route cut off. But Amato goes, that's not all. 
There are exceptions to who Ada can entrap. One is a blood relative, and the other is Osutsuki. Yes, Sokawaki would be big trouble for them. However, didn't Ada want to meet Kawaki? Why is she running away from Kawaki? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't understand what what is no, this character. This makes what a lot are her of motivations sense, when you think about it. Um, okay, show me the way. I, so I believe I, I can believe if if if, if I, I'm shown the way. I just so here's how it kind of works. Um, she, as an Ada, okay, okay. Uh, has dumb brain. Which is a condition that happens. Dumb brain. Yeah, dumb brain. Um, where sometimes you try to think, but you don't think do good, and you do the dumb thing instead. Oh, so I do that it, all the time. It go, yeah, it goes part and parcel with her powers. Uh, she can, you know, enchant anyone she sees and see anything anywhere all at once. Um, great movie, by the way. Uh, that's a sequel, by the way. <laughs> anything anywhere all at once. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting to see it. It's going to stream soon. So. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it goes part and parcel. Well, sometimes you just forget that your goal was right in front of you. So that's what actually, that's what gets Code uh, and Boruto, or Code and Kawaki kind of together, or Code and her together, is they both fuck up that when Kawaki is nearby, they don't just grab him or do whatever they wanted with meeting him. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, it all works out. So in this moment where uh, Amato has been being tortured by code and he's in such hor- he was in such horrible pain that he was like, I might break. I'm going to break at any moment. He's now staring very soberly at Shikamaru to explain that Ada's powers won't work on Kawaki. And Shikamaru is shocked to hear this. He's like, oh, you mean that anyone who's got the Otsuzuki powers would be immune to Ada's ability? Why didn't you tell me that before? And Amato's like, if I had, you would have summoned Kawaki here right away to have him fight them. Shikamaru's like, yeah. <laughs> Probably. And? And Amato says, give me a break. I can't afford to have Kawaki die. He almost died last time. And that was without Ada. Yeah, but he didn't have his Otsutsuki powers awakened then. <laughs> he, does, he started ripping their asses open as soon as he did. So, but I was like, don't, I don't, I won't let you risk him like that. Shikamaru, Kawaki's presence has got to be a headache for you. I don't blame you. He was a seat of trouble for Konoha, and now not even Lord Hokage can check his powers any longer. If I were in your shoes, I'd be thinking it'd be most convenient if Kona Kawaki or both died fighting each other. And Shikamaru's like, you're way out of line. And he was like, you guys suck. Stop arguing. <laughs> Again, another great conversation that happens. It's like two people are just staring, being like, what? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like, Why can't they have this conversation out loud? Like, what it would be so bad about Code learning any of this? Ugh, whatever. So, Amato says, Code and Ada are planning to retreat, so let them. Don't even think about stalling them until Kawaki gets here. And Shikamaru tries to stall them until Kawaki gets there. But, oh no, Code just like, is like eh, and just lightly shoves Amato very slowly through a hole. Uh, and he, he's like, oh no, I'm falling uh, through the... I'm, I'm falling! 
I'm falling through the claw mark. I'm falling through the claw mark. <laughs> I've fallen through now. Oh, wait, my toe's still in there. My toesy. Uh, so goes like, yeah, bye, everyone. And just kicks him the rest of the way through. Um, Ada's like, hurry, Code. Kawaki is almost here. Again, why does she not want to meet Kawaki? The one thing she wanted to do. Uh, he... Shikamaru manages to catch both of them in his shadow possession. He's like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not going to last. Kawaki's going to get in here and stop them. And Code says, fool, you want to die that badly? And Shikamaru's like, hey, come on, Ada. What's wrong with meeting Kawaki? Why are you so bashful? And Ada just says, Delta. And Delta's like, what is it, Ada? And she says, I'm in a bike, so can you help me? And Delta looks at Shikamaru, and Shikamaru's like, Oh, come on, please. No, no. And she starts kicking at him. So he has to release the shadow possession jutsu. Uh, and he's like, what are you doing, Delta? Get a grip. It's like, you know what's going on. You just had an entire chapter to explain what's going on with her. Two chapters to explain what's going on with her. Uh, and uh, Ada starts going through the portal very slowly and also feet first so that she can say as she's leaving, We'll be parting ways here. Thanks for the offer. Let's meet again. And thank you too, Delta dear. I love you. Bye. And Delta's like, I love you too, Ada. And then Code starts very slowly, very slowly go through the claw marks. And he says, I really don't like provoking extra animosity. But Nara Shikamaru, I've decided to add your name to my retribution list. So prepare yourself. Yeah, that's right. I keep a list of all the people I'm going to get revenge on because I'm so cool. I'm very yeah. cool. It's a cool thing people do. It's definitely not something they stop doing when they're 18. When they grow up. It's a thing that cool people do forever. I don't actually know how old I am. <laughs> you want to know who else is on my list? Oreos. Double stuffed was a step too far. <laughs> After that, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They know what they did. <laughs> After that, you. As in the letter U. But yeah. then... Oh, I hate that letter so much. It always trips me up. Uh, I don't know. It's like I keep people I keep on putting it in into, into words to like extend the O sound. I never know when to use it or not. And Oh, no, I just used it. Damn it. U starts with U. But then you, as in the person, you, you're, you're, you're also Wednesday. I don't know how to type <laughs> it. Is that like, how do you, what, is there like a, why, you don't say Wednesday. It's like Wednesday. When, God damn it. Also you're tripping Feb me up. Also February. That first star shouldn't be there. <laughs> it's bullshit. Everyone knows it's bullshit. They're like, look. I didn't say everyone on your list wasn't without justified. Kill February. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. Please do. Please kill the entire month of February. Please. <laughs> anyway, Code leaves through the portal after Shikamaru tries to talk big to him like, get lost already and never show your mug here again. All right. <laughs> Mister, you couldn't do anything. I love that Co Code's last line is, hmm. <laughs> Also, his mouth is through the portal already. How is he talking to him? I'm sure that was him trying to talk, and it just came out like... <laughs> Tiny 
Kawaki comes through the vent and then enlarges and is there. But oh no, it's just Shikamaru and Delta left in the room and there's just a claw mark there. And Kawaki's like, that bastard, he was here, which is actually a detail I like. He had no idea what was going on. He just wanted to go and talk shit to Amato and find out why he, why he did this to him. That's I actually like that. Uh, and Shikamaru says, hey, can you destroy the claw marks so that he can't come back in here? And Kawaki's just like, yeah, anyway, I have to talk to Amato. <laughs> but Shikamaru says, oh, but he might already be dead. And yeah, Amato is now in the secret base. <sighs> and it's everyone's favorite character. There he is. It's Damon. And he's like, hey, old man. And Amato's not pleased to see him. Bugs in the background. Code picks up Amato and he's like, give up. Unlock my powers. Take away my limiters. And Amato says, will you kill me after I take away your limiters? And Code just stares at him for a beat and says, probably. <laughs> I just like that. <laughs> like, yeah, well, he's honest. So Amato shows that he has internalized the advice that Shikabaru gave him, the warning he gave him to not unlock code's limiters because if he does he has no protection against him the only thing keeping him alive now is that code can't kill him if he wants to have the limiters removed so he's like i'm not gonna go along with you i'm just gonna get killed there's no sense in that and code's like well yeah but you'll be freed from pain and die in peace and i was like yeah but i mean you might kill me while you're trying to torture me then you'd be in trouble and code's like shut up so Amato, <laughs> so Amato says, yeah, you're, you're not in control of your emotions right now. You're not going to be able to control yourself. So listen, I have a simple offer for you. I'll remove the limiters for you, so don't kill me. <laughs> what I the am fuck is this? I am not going to beg for my worthless life. I am going to beg a little bit for my worthless life, though. Just a little bit. <laughs> so he talks to this big game. It's like, Oh, you won't torture me because you might go too far. So how about this? I'll give you what you want. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I, he's got to have some angle that we just don't understand. So Code calls him pathetic, asks if he has any pride. And Amato says, I have no interest in such utterly useless concept as pride. So let's stop wasting each other's time, hmm, Code? And Code's like, huh, you've always got to come back, don't you? Just do it, instead of engaging in idle chatter. The way you were doing with Shikamaru, I know what you were up to, just because you weren't moving your lips, your mouth Shut up. So, Amato says the code phrase to remove Code's limiters, which is, there's no dress code. Oh, get it, because his name's in it. It's Code. There is a literal puff of smoke as Code's limiters are removed. And his hair is standing up now to show he's stronger. <laughs> Nick, please. This transformation has so many more layers than that. Um, His please. eyebrows are now... Nope, they were always like that. Uh, his hair is white now. His the, eye, the, his Damon eye, says this. His eyelashes so. are more pronounced. That's a yes, big thing. They are. I like to think... Uh, power-ups in Boruto are going to be like Dragon Ball, uh, where they just kind of get progressively more erratic hair, except they're yeah. like, well, we don't want to do that. So ours is, eye, uh, is eyelashes. 
So, like, code level three has, like, fucking Medusa tendrils of hair just shooting out. <laughs> so, What yeah. about me, Ben Stein? Do you have lenses for my special eyes? <laughs> So Code's got superpowers now, and also the karma on his hand is white, too, because he's super strong now. And he says, it's nice feeling like I can't lose to anyone, which I'm pretty sure is how he felt when he was first introduced. But whatever. Ada and Damon are just like, yeah, OK, there's no visible reaction from them. So now <laughs> he looks like a shitty fucking goblin and like, man, man. <laughs> like I imagine, like this looks like a shitty '90s cartoon goblin. <laughs> God, this villain trio—it's—it's it's so weird that Ada's the best of the three because she's not good. <laughs> but Coates says this: neither of his compatriots react in any way, shape, or form. There's just sound effects in the background. And then Ko turns his attention back to Amato and says, forgive me, your wound hurts, doesn't it? I feel good. So let me free you this instant from your suffering. And he rears back with his claw. Now, we don't see him kill Amato. But this is... I would love if Amato was like, but we promised. (laughs) (laughs) You said you wouldn't kill me. I had my fingers crossed behind my back. (laughs) Aww. So the cliffhanger we end on is Code going, I didn't say, I did, you didn't say Simon Says. Like it's, there is no guarantee that the next chapter won't immediately start with Code being like, uh, I'll heal your wound because I keep my promises or whatever. Like, we don't, we don't yeah. know. But come on. Why would you end the chapter like this on this cliffhanger? It's like, You'll kill me if I do this. Uh, yeah. Okay, but what if you don't? Okay. I didn't oh, promise that. Power. <laughs> I'll kill you now. <sighs> it's like the scene from Simpsons where Chief Rigum is, is letting the guards out for the game. Like, all right, you guys can leave prison for the day to come to the, uh, the hockey game, but you have to promise to come back afterwards. Like, well, no. Like, all right, all right. You don't have to come back to jail but you can't commit any crimes. No, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> yes, that's everybody out. It has to be that level of just stupidity. <sighs> All right. We spent a lot of time I'm, talking about I'm that. I'm tagging out. I'm tagging out. I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm done on that. You're, you're done. Let's talk about Eden Zero. Uh, this is going to be relatively quick because actually not a ton happens in this chapter. This is 192. Well, yeah. Weiss versus Killer. So last time Weiss walked into a hospital room, saw his, his dying mom. Oh, no, she's alive. But we know it's not. And Weiss picks that up pretty quickly and slaps something. And he's like, oh, yeah, just an autogram. You are, you are. Uh, and Killer shows up. He's like, I didn't think you'd figure it out this quick. And Weiss actually manages to shoot him a little bit because he, like, re-modifies the room and causes an explosion that blows up Killer. And, like, ah, oh, cool. It worked. And Weiss is like, ah, so it'll only work if you have machines by you. What if I get rid of all of them? And they're in the danger room, basically. What if I, what if I just put us in a room that is entirely mechanical because this is a hologram projector room? <laughs> <laughs> no, Nick, that's not how it works. Those no. are 
bath tiles. They're ceramic. That's how it works. Weiss uh, is like, oh, activate robot mode and just start shooting him a bunch. And then he just has his machine basically deactivated. Weiss tries to modify him himself. Uh, Killer is like, uh-uh, I have a power that says you can't do that. And then sort of deactivates Weiss's robot arsenal suit. And then he goes to kill him with his scorpion tail, which is like a sentence that gets no focus. And Weiss blocks it by going into overdrive. And I know he's gone into overdrive before, but it was so unspectacular and unremarkable the first time. I thought this was Mm -hmm. new the first time I saw it. And it's also not notable here. Weiss just basically punches him. Basically, yes. Man, it really does boil down. He punches him super hard. Yeah, Yeah, he punches him really hard. And then a test tube, like a cryo tank, basically, like enters up through the floor and killer smiles. And and Weiss's mom is in there and he's like, oh, I already know it's autogram chick. Ain't going to work on me. No, it ain't. It ain't. Pip, pip. I think he's actually supposed to be Australian, but they're all the same. Um, Take that, everybody. (laughs) Take that, everyone but me. (laughs) Everyone sucks for me. Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably. I feel like I would like. I feel like I would like Hulk Hogan way, way more if amongst his myriad of catchphrases, one of them was just "Everyone sucks but me, dude." (laughs) What sucks but me, brother? It's the sheer honesty of his thoughts. That's going to be his next yeah. book. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, the killer just goes on to explain, like, oh, your mom died from an unknown cause, but it was actually Draken Joe draining her body with his, his Aether Gear stuff. And they're like, yeah. It's like, what if she didn't actually die from that? What if you didn't actually bury your body? What if instead they stole her body and worked on it scientifically? And in the process of doing that, they found a way to bring her miraculously back to life. And Weiss is like, oi, no. (laughs) But because of that. (laughs) I'd say possible. Yeah. But because of the possibility of it, he's now, he's now not able to fight back because he has to protect that mm-hmm. tank so killer's like aha human weakness you'll never defeat me i like this idea in theory which is okay well you know obviously this is false but it's just believable enough that there is a tiny amount of your mind that thinks, but what if it is actually what's happening? And so that amount holds you back. That's a good idea, uh, especially for someone who is, you know, an illusionist of yes. a sort. Um, but the way that it's laid out, like, you know, the, the explanation comes out very clunky because it's just like, but what if? And but what if? And but what if? It's like, it, it's, it does. It, it, you see, like, you know, when people come up with like crazy theories and then they lay it out this way. And it's like, well, it's not believable because you keep on bringing up how doubtful it is by the way that you word it. Yeah. So it, it comes off as clumsy. The best thing about this chapter title page of Pino leading ducks across the street. It's very cute. So, yeah, uh, I assume next week 
Shiki will free himself, fly into the room. He will suck up Killer's memories, find out he had a touchy moment with Hermit at some point in his life, and everyone will be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, is your mom back?" But then, because this is Fairy or Eden Zero, and this is darker, Sorry. she will actually be dead, and Weiss will maybe have to kill her again or something to show that this is a dark, serious story. Uh, and she too will have a bomb in her butt. So yeah, that's just that's actually just a medical procedure in this world. So like, <laughs> you know, to make sure uh, it's all the rage right now. <laughs> you just kind of put them up there and see what happens. <laughs> this is one wacky doctor. He's like, um, what if you put a bomb up your butt? <laughs> you, you really think that'll fix my broken wrist? Couldn't hurt. <laughs> Oh, all right. So let's move on to Akane Banashi. It's story 14, the type to hold a grudge. Last time, uh, Akane got the advice to go and seek uh, advice from Koguma Anisan because she's got to do Jigama, an old uh, and very well-known uh, Rakugo story that everyone's familiar with. Uh, and so Koguma, he knows the old literary teachings better than anyone. So that's why they're going for it. Uh, Gurika says that uh, Koguma is also a former Tokyo University student. So he's also incredibly well, well read and, and studied and stuff. So that's a little bit more of his, of his background. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they're like, hey, let's go see hear what he has to say. I'm sure it's going to be helpful. And Koguma just said, we cut to them and Koguma says, no, it, no. And kind of like, well, can't you help me, please? No. Look, I, I I don't know why you're entering this amateur competition when you're already accepted here. It's trashy. It's unacceptable. It's unbelievable. It's baffling. And each of his words are like stabbing Akane in the head because it's so it's so harsh. And uh, she's like, wow, it's really weird that he's like this. I didn't get this impression of him at all. Um, and uh, he then like just goes to turn away and says, your education's Kyoji's job, not mine. What makes him think he can slack on his duties? Uh, and Akane says, hey, why are you referring to your senior so casually and rudely? And Greg is like, no, 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 no. Koguma is his senior there. He's actually older than him, even though he looks like Koguma looks like he's in his like early 20s in a way. Uh, so Akana is shocked to, to to hear this, and she's very very sad about this. Koguma sarcastically says, "Like, oh no no, go back to your to to Kyojiani son, like he's the younger one." Um, but Akana just says, "Look, I I just want to win the Karaku Cup," and she shows uh, Koguma the flyer, and he starts to say that he doesn't care, but then he spots that Arakawa is going to be the judge, and it catches his attention, and he's like, "All right, I'll help you." Like, I've got a performance later, so let's make this quick. So off off screen, he hears out her explanation uh, and uh, he says, OK, to start with, show me how you perform Jugemu just just right now so that I know what advice I need to give you. So uh, we get a brief explanation of what she what Jugemu is. Uh, a child is born uh, and basically the father gets this list of potential names from the priest for his son. And he thinks that all of them are great and lucky. So he gives his son all of them. And so his name is too long for me to take the time to try to pronounce. <laughs> like it would take up, I think a full minute if I tried to say all of these in a row. Uh, and I know that that is the entire point of this Rakugo story is just 
hearing and seeing someone say this name and rattle it off in various emotional ways without missing a beat. Uh, but so Akane says it and uh, she says the full name and Gurika and notes like, okay, her enunciation is good and she's got, you know, a good rhythm, but uh, at this level, it's, it's not going to be good enough. And, you know, she keeps on proceeding through it. Uh, she, you know, she hits the first joke, which is that, you know, Oh, poor, poor Jugemu, you know, hit his head. But you took so long saying his name and reacting to it that the lump went away because it took so long to say his name. So uh, Koguma, you know, you know, claps his hands and says, OK, yeah, uh, really good. Good job. I can't believe you just did that whole thing in public. And Akai said, but you, you said you wanted to, to see my performance. Yeah. Um, what I meant was if you had like a video of you performing, it, you could have shown that to me. But um, hey, uh, it's 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 an amusing little gag. Just him being I, like, I didn't think you were going to perform it in public in front of me. That's <laughs> that's different. I kind of gets all embarrassed and stuff. And and she's like, why did you stop me? But uh, uh, importantly, Koguma says, like, yeah, th- this is not good enough. This is look, this is a basic. It's a fundamental rock go. It's the first story that beginners learn. And the majority of the audience is going to be familiar with it. And a lot of them are going to be Rakugo amateurs, meaning most of the audience is capable of performing it already. They've learned it by hearing masters do it. They know how it should sound. You're going to need to perform the same piece twice for the same audience on top of that. If you want to win the cup, you need to do something difficult that gets a variety of laughs from people. And this is not the performance you got to do. And Akaya says, well, yeah, but I'm sure that master told me that I had to perform Jigamu for a reason. I mean, I know it seems like a big hurdle to overcome, but but what do I do? Do I just work on enunciating it better? So Koguma asks, do you know the original sage, the original ending to Jigamu? Uh, and Akani's never heard that there is an alternate ending to it. And he says, in the original ending, Jigamu dies. As Jigamu gets older, he goes swimming in the river with a friend. They lose their footing. The friend is able to call for help, but his name is so long that in the time taken to call for help, he drowns. The name meant to bring the child good luck is the cause of his death. Originally, this was an ironic story about how you can have too much of a good thing. Well, that's dark. It's just a story that little kids like to recite now. What the fuck? This is the most grim fairy tale ass backstory I've ever heard. <laughs> I feel like all stories need to have that. Every story I've ever heard needs to actually have like dark, sad origins. Like someone's like, the actual Winnie the Pooh is about an imaginary friend who goes on a murder spree at the end because he was forgotten. Hundred Acre Woods used to be a thousand acre woods. Pooh took out a lot of it. <laughs> Oh, bother. There's a rumbly in my tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Silly old bear, they used to say. Not silly now, motherfucker. (laughs) Cockfuckers. All right. (laughs) So Kuroda asks Akane, look. Aren't you interested in these stories? Don't you want to understand what you're doing? And I also had another thought about your Rakugo just now. When you repeat the name, you're just making sounds, syllables. They're not words. 
So that's my advice. Think about what I had to say. Study hard and often, lest it slip through your fingers. And Akane kind of stares at him for a minute, which seems to catch him off guard. And she says, oh, I mean, I appreciate it. I was just wondering, though, why you're being so helpful when you clearly didn't want to help me before. And we just get one shot of Akane's father kind of leading a young Kuroda around a bookstore. And it's like, oh, yeah, they had the same master. So he would have been his yeah. senpai. And Kuroda just says, it just turns out I'm the type to hold a grudge. That's all. And that's all you need. It, um, they thank him. And uh, then Akane says that she's got one last correct request, which is that she wants to observe Kuroda's Rakugo. And uh, so they go to the, that one he mentioned, the, that performance he mentioned he had before. Uh, I keep on saying Kuroda instead of Koguma. My bad. Uh, so Koguma you know, gets set to perform and Guriga says, I don't know any Rakugoka other than Kag Koguma who would delve so deeply into a single story the way that, you know, he just did now. And you can learn a lot from his performance. And you'll also find that he's a completely different person on stage. And we get this full page spread of Koguma as he comes out in his Rakugo attire. His hair is slicked over. He's not wearing his glasses. He looks like a totally different character. Like mm -hmm. if you if you were introduced to him outside of this context, you would never think that they were supposed to be the same person. Great transformation. And that's where we end the chapter. We're going to get uh, a demonstration of Koguma's uh, Rakugo now. Cool. Yes. Uh it's a good chapter. I, I, I do like the introduction to this character. I thought it was a cool way to introduce him, to give different things. And, you know, I do like how the end just shows how different he is on stage. I, I'm curious to see him perform actually next week. Yeah. And I really, really like the moments uh, that you just show like, oh, he used to be, a, you know, a little kid learner who had a senpai too. And his, yeah, Arakawa ruined that. He took it, took that, kicked that guy out of his life. So that sucks. So. He's a real jerk. Mm. Let's move on to Blue Box. To Blue Box. Chapter number 53. Doing great. It's all good. Everything's great. Uh, we get a flashback to when Taiki uh, lost his badminton match. And uh, he's thinking about that as uh, he's practicing, basically. And, hey, he's doing a good job. And everyone's like, geez, Taiki, you're getting better again. What have you been eating? And Taiki says, I'm not eating anything different because he's kind of boring sometimes. <laughs> so but then they talk about Yusa from Sajikawa and how he won against a player from the Jap Japan Laster team, which... I don't know exactly what it means, but it has something to do with like a national uh, ranking of some sort. I don't know enough about high school Jap Japanese sports terms, though. Uh, so but anyway, yeah, he's really good. Uh, he, and so then Taiki calls out to uh, the guy he just beat in the practice match. And he's like, hey, let's play another game. Um, the cool senpai guy trying to be a cool senpai guy um is enduring planking for losing a match and while he's planking others are stacking badminton things on top of him which is like okay 
it's got to be a good plank, I guess. Anyway, uh, they talk a bit about um, how Taiki uh, does, doesn't acknowledge himself very well, but he's still practicing improving. And uh, there's nothing worse than working hard and not recognizing your own growth. Uh, yeah. Okay. Then we see this was such a weird thing to see introducing a scene, which is Taiki saying the shine on this apple is great. <laughs> Completely removed from context. It's so weird. It's part of it's one. It's one of the props for the Snow White play. It took me a moment to get it. Because they say, I bought it. I bought a fake one in a dollar store. And I was like, a fake apple? Like, why is the shine on it so good? And I, 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 I'm just dumb. I, it took me like two or three times. I was like, oh, they bought a fake apple and repainted it in the shines. Okay, I get it now. But it's a very weird part of that very simple conversation to be introduced to. And it's like, what's going on? Oh, that's what's going on. I wonder if it's just delivered to like grab your attention and be like, wait, what the hell is this? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I actually now kind of sort of care about this Apple prop being done. (laughs) (laughs) That's my sole investment in this story at this point. Apple for waifu now. (laughs) Uh, Chinatsu or Hina? Apple. 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 Look at the way Taiki is so lovingly admiring it. (laughs) It's a fake from a dollar store, but it's maybe the most beautiful of all. Mm -hmm. I like rags to riches stories. (laughs) So uh, Taiki asks where Hina is, and they say, oh, she's in the classroom practicing. So uh, he goes into the classroom. Hina's by herself, and she's pushed some desks together to act out the Snow White being dead scene. And when Taiki sees her, he, like, sees, like, angels gathered around her as if she's dead. And he says out loud, she's dead. And Hina literally opens her eyes and while still lying down, glares at him and says, I'm not. (laughs) Fuck, you weirdo. Uh, And she explains that she's practicing and she says, yeah, so this is the final scene where Snow White is, you know, dead. But then she wakes up. But I don't really know how I should be acting during it. So Taiki paused for a minute. He says, I'll practice with you then. You know, this way it'll be easier to visualize how it goes if you have someone to do it with. Uh, but then he looks through the script and he's like, all right, the prince kisses her to wake her up. <laughs> I feel like they immediately do that. Like, cause like the cheesy one would have been like, I'll just read it with you. And they get to the scene, like kiss immediately for the party. He's like, Oh, right. Wait, no, they kiss in this. That's, that'd be weird. Right. Yeah. Or being like, oh, would it <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So there is a very brief moment and then it's like, okay, okay. We can be mature about this. Uh, and then he engages with Hina and is like, okay, so w- what's confusing you about this scene? And Hina says, what kind of face would someone who just came back from the dead make? Like, All right, that's a good question, actually. Like, we, we're so used to the story of Snow White that you don't really think about that particular detail a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Psyche's like, oh, yeah. And I mean, there's also the fact that she was tricked by the evil queen into eating the poisoned apple. Yeah, can you imagine, like, if Snow White knew that? And Hina imagines the scene of this, and she's like, oh, man, that queen fucking is happy that she killed me. I'm going to get her. Ah! And, no, 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 that's not Snow White. You can't, you can't, you can't go on a murderous rampage if you're Snow White. Uh, not unless uh, America McGee does it. Then you do yeah, whatever you want. He, he, exactly. Yeah. 
So Taiki says, oh, oh, how about this instead? Uh, When she wakes up, Prince Charming is there. So then her heart skips a beat and he immediately goes, who the fuck is this guy who just molested me in my sleep? (laughs) To which Taiki responds in a great way. Too much stranger danger. Like, is that, is that okay? Let's not go that way. <laughs> so, he knows. Like, I don't. Look, this is like the iconic scene of this of this story. So, how do I act it out? I'm gonna. I feel like we're gonna ruin this. How, how do I do this? Um, and uh, it, it, she's like muttering to herself, and she equates it to like maybe it's like how you feel after you've completed a big test, which is all right. That's one way of looking at, it, I guess. But Taiki compliments her and says, like, you know, I feel like you could really pull this off if you didn't overthink it so much. But you're actually really worried about it. You're you're focusing on the script so much. You know, if it were me, I just kind of like grin and bear it, basically. But Hina says, when I take something on, I want to give it my all. Same as you. And Taiki has no idea what she's talking about because he's an ignorant little dunce. And Hina explains... You know, one minute you're doing stuff for the play. You're a badminton practice the next. You're also doing a lot. You're doing great. And then there's an awkward moment between them. And she's like, everyone says that about you. Everyone says that. Shut up. So they say, all right, let's practice. And she lies back down. And she's okay. You know, just, you know, let's do the scene right before my line. And then we'll just do it from there. So Taiki's like, okay. You know, I'm dealing with a lot right now, but if I can do my job, then I'm glad. So he, you know, acts as the prince and says, oh, Snow White, please. Die bug. Please wake up. That's what he said. Die bug. Ew, gross. <laughs> Just like the scene where he sees a fly buzzing over Hina. <laughs> <laughs> Just smacks her face. And of course, she sleeps. She can't react. It's like, oh, it's like, sorry, there was a there was a fly on your nose. It really was. <laughs> so. Taiki says, oh, please, Snow White, wake up. Okay, you're kissed now. And then there's just this pause. And Taiki says, "Uh, Hina, are you you acting right now? And Hina's like, no, I just... And she covers her face in embarrassment. I just imagined if I really did kiss you. And Taiki gets embarrassed because she's embarrassed. And then he stares at her, and because she's covering her eyes, he's staring at her lips. And then she lowers her hands, and Hina says, you want to do it for real? While she's madly blushing. And there's not really any fan service in this series, but holy shit, is this, like, really erotic all of a sudden? (laughs) And, yeah, I think that you really feel the tension between them in this moment. So it's well done, if nothing else. Anyway, yeah, I'm pretty sure nothing's going to happen next chapter. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I I zoned out for a moment. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's a little cute. And, you know, I... I, I like Hina because she just keeps pushing things forward, and it's good. Um, it's a good, it's a good little chapter. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go and get a drink. I don't okay. want this to seem indicative of me leaving <laughs> for the quality of a chapter or anything. I just happened to be this one, maybe the other ones. But if you blaze through it, it's fine. I, don't, I have no thoughts on this chapter, Blue. Okay. 
Chapter 23 of Doron Dororon. I don't want to lose you. We open the chapter with the best moment in it, which is where uh, Tora uh, basically wakes up Dora by just sneaking into his bedroom and going Dora, 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 until he wakes up. And then he's like, oh, now Tora, did I oversleep? And uh, now Tora's like, uh, Kusnagi's gone. We have to go after him. Uh, I don't know where he is, but if Kusnagi's colluding with other Mononoke to betray us, we'll have to eliminate him, which pisses off Dora a little bit. He's like, there's no way that that's happened. Something else must be going on. We cut out to where Dosan still just has his arm wrapped around Kusnagi. Uh, and Kusnagi's like, so what kind of Mononoke attacked you? Dosan, who killed my best friend in the Mononoke world, but definitely won't try and kill me. And Dosan just says, oh, was, yeah, I got attacked by a Mononoke that's been attacking lots of humans around here. Give me your blood. And just immediately goes for it, starts draining Kusnagi's energy. And Kusnagi says, this is the same thing that happened to Namezo. I was tricked. I really am a fool. Well, you said it. Um, he apologizes to Dora. Uh, Dora shows up with now Tora. Uh, just, but I mean, Dosan's already draining Kusanagi, but he's not dead yet. Uh, now Tora's like, oh, I'm not okay. And starts to charge in. And Dosan's like, don't move or Kusanagi dies. And they're like, well, what do we do? And now Tora says, I mean, if we do what he says, then he's just going to kill all of us. We got to do something. And there's a chance that he's in cahoots with Kusanagi. And Amato and says, no. What if I strike a deal? <laughs> Why don't you train my blood instead? You can have a little blood and yet the pinky promise not to kill me. I want to reiterate that Kusanagi is being drained of his life force as they speak. And Dora just like, let's debate about this topic for, before and settle the argument before we do anything to help him. I know I'll throw my sword in the air and distract him. Become a fan. Ha! And, and they, uh, he jumps in, uh, grabs Kusanagi away. And then, and then he punches Dosan and, uh, uh, uh Nautara catches the sword and she slashes at Dosan. Oh, but she barely hurt him. And then there's fog everywhere. It's Dosan's supernatural technique. He escapes into the fog and they can't sense him. And then, um, a giant cyclops shows up. And, oh, yeah. Um, and Kusanagi's like, I'm sorry, Dora. I'm a fool. I walked into a trap. And Dora's like, yeah, I'm really pissed off at you. Don't do that. I don't want to lose you. And Kusanagi cries. And uh, then Dosan says, Kusanagi, how dare you trick me? I told you to come alone, but you brought samurai with you. And Kusanagi's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean to. He's like, he tried to kill you, Kusanagi. Stop being so easily manipulable. So, uh, and then Dora's like, don't talk about my friend like that. How dare you try and hurt Kusanagi? I'm going to cut off that long nose of yours and kick your butt. And then they, they go, huh, let's go beat him. Okay, so... <laughs> We're done? We're done? Yeah. We, look, we've got another really important chapter to talk about immediately after this. So, no, wait. No, no. Hang on. The actual good chapter is after that. I got my word. My letters confused yeah, around. Yeah, a good chapter next. Okay. Yeah, All right. this chapter was a physical thing that existed. All yeah. right, let's talk about... Uh, oh, I know. Let's okay. uh, have podcasters postulate, pretend performers, poetically phrased performers perpetually or something like that anyway i've got a puzzle for you quinn uh, i did not have this ready until like five minutes before we started the episode i completely forgot about this but fortunately i had time. one i had one sitting and waiting okay. so 
I don't know how this, if this is going to work, but we'll see. Primitive pseudonym phrased. And I swear this is a word. Palindromically proves perilous. I said to remind myself what a palindrome is. Is that the same thing backwards and forwards? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So... Primitive pseudonym phrased palindromically proves perilous. Huh. Something that's spelled the same forwards and backwards. It's not spelled the same forwards and backwards, I will say. But you are on the right tack in seizing on to that. Yes. Okay. So there has to be some connection to how it's someone someone manipulating the way a word. All right. Well, let's actually think primitive. Primitive mm-hmm. pseudonym. Caveman. Neanderthal. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. I will say, Luchasaurus. I mean, is it Luchasaurus? I will say that the word primitive is describing the word pseudonym. All right, all right. Proves perilous, was it? Proves perilous, yes. Proves perilous. Is it Zack Ryder from when he got pushed off the stage in a wheelchair? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I was just gonna see if it proved perilous. Well, I was gonna figure out the rest. Oh uh, yes, Ryder spelled backwards. Redier. <laughs> um. I don't even know if you're familiar with this performer because I'm not really. Which which promotion is it? This is TNA slash Impact. Uh, Abyss? No. Uh, I might I might be stumped here. Have you heard of any performer in TNA? Where it is important that their name spelled backwards means something. Oh, isn't there something with like either Rosemary or um, Young Sue or something like that? No, I have no idea about that. Or like a reverend or some shit like that. So I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I think that I I reached too much for this one, but I did it for basically a meme, which is... There is a performer, not a performer even, there is a uh, a title that several performers have used, which is Relic, which is killer spelled backwards. Wow. I know. Which they said on commentary all the time, basically. <laughs> they wanted you to know. Yeah. It's R-E-L-L-I-K, which is killer spelled backwards. And what's, they say Relic. What's very amusing to me. Is I typed in relic, and the first thing I get is a British crime drama that clearly used the same gimmick of it's called Killer Backwards. <laughs> like, there's multiple people who are like, what if we call it relic? Why, why would you do that? It's and of killer course, the, backwards, baby. Like, and of course, it removes any sense of like you're kind of think think it's clever because they keep on hammering you over the head. Like, look at what we did. See, it's oh, it was so- Johnny Stamboli. One of them was apparently yes. So. 
FBI was a good group. Which honestly, you would have yes, probably guessed Johnny the Bull if I did have one for him over Relic instead. I, I can I can firmly tell you, I have not ever heard of Relic before. Yeah, this I, is news to me. But the idea of just bringing up killer spelled backwards was too good to pass up, though. So I, I had to try and find this, something for it. This is a good one. All right, let's let's get to PPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPPP
uh, Lucky does warn Mimin that, hey, there's also lots of dangerous people in the world. And she says in response, eh, Sora Chica said the same thing. But it'll be all right. Sora Chica said he'd help me find a place. But I'm going to be paying for it. Isn't that great? So Sora Chica told me that mom doesn't have much time left to live. It must have been really hard bearing that alone. And Lucky doesn't really say anything in response. But Mimin says, but I'll be with you from now on. When things get rough for Maman, we'll cry together. When she's doing well, we'll laugh together. Aww. And Lucky smiles and says thanks. That's very Aww. It's very sweet. I also uh, really she's... like the idea of Mamin being like a regular character, like who just shows up around town, basically. I think that it may have to do with she is. I I get the impression that she must be like a big, huge success it, a breakout character in this story, because how can she not be? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe someone was like, hey, can you keep her around? Yeah. How about she stays in town? Uh, so she's going to go and visit Sora Chica. She says that Lucky should come with her. And then she says the three of them can go and visit their mom. Gakwan has called a meeting because, you know, another one of his children has abandoned him, basically. And he's not doing so hot when it comes to kids. No, he's such a great dad, too. I don't get it. Um, so some of his workers are like, yeah, she just told all of us that she was going to stop playing classical music. She was leaving the Otogami house and she's never coming back. Uh, that's she just took everything that she needed and she left. And Gakwan says, bring her back. And they're like, well, I mean, but I think that we should just let her do what she wants because she's not going to listen to us. Never mind. You're all fired. <laughs> 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 um, there is this brief moment as Gakuan walks through these very sunlit hallways and he looks behind himself and sees a tiny young Mimin asking him to play. And he looks briefly sad and then the image of her is gone. And it's like, oh, he does care. Wait, you hold on. Wait, one more panel. One more panel. <laughs> because he says, he's taken away one of my instruments. That a was dick. a fucking, that line, I don't know why, but that hit me so goddamn hard. He's like, you children are my instruments. I play you like a goddamn orchestra. Like, yeah. Jesus. And uh, he also blames Lucky for Mimin, quote-unquote, abandoning him. And then... (sighs) We're introduced to my second favorite character in this series all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, So, it is... Oh, gosh, what is his full name? It's, um... It's Fanta. Okay. Wanna Fanta? Don't you wanna wanna Fanta? Everyone thought it. Everyone thought it. Don't pretend you didn't. Everyone <laughs> thought it. Yeah. I don't care if they didn't know that commercial where you live. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Go look it up. Also, make sure you spend a little bit of time looking up the history of uh, Fanta and uh, Nazis. Unfortunately, so educate yourself <laughs> on that. And then the Wanna Fanta song. <laughs> wanna Fanta? Don't you wanna wanna? <laughs> look, the Fanta cured that person in a full body cast. <laughs> Wanna find don't you wanna don't look into us too closely wanna <laughs> Anyway So 
Fanta comes around the corner while uh, Gakuan is caught up in his thoughts. And he just says, hey, Sora Chica's been talking about us. And he holds up his phone that's got, like, news stories about it. And Sora Chica's been apparently in the media talking shit and spilling the beans about how awful uh, Gakuan is to his family and everyone. And Fanta just says, what are you going to do about this? If you decide to banish Lucky because you don't like him, it'll look really bad and cause more trouble. The value of the Odogami brand will fall. And Gokwan just says, like, I don't care about that. It's important to eliminate everything I don't like. And Fanta, to his father, pats him on the head and says, that's not good, you idiot. <laughs> I do love that he's power moves his dad. And he says, look, Mr. Crescendo and the others are going to have issues with that. But most of all, I can't allow anything to ruin my value. They're all pissing me off. Sorachika, Lucky, and I don't understand Mimin. And Gakwa's just going on about, like, if only Lucky had kept quiet. But Fanta says the best way for him to disappear is to not make a big deal out of it. Putting on a happy persona while making sure his soul is crushed on the inside. I've got a plan. <laughs> he says it like that with a little heart. <laughs> um, we cut over to Mimin and Lucky, who have arrived at Sorachika's uh, temple. Uh, it's a temple of the Golden Pavilion. And I like that Mimin, like, took Lucky's here. But she's standing in the doorway and saying, over here! It's like you walked there together. I want every little touch. Like, in her mind, she really is just this four-year-old who's just, like, walked into a room. And she's just like, check out this room I found! Like, we got here together. What are you talking about? I've been to this room before. Uh, so, Sorachika welcomes them inside. Uh... And Lucky thanks him for inviting them over. Sorachika says, yeah, Mr. Crescendo built this place. Uh, there's a really nice practice room in the basement, so I stay here quite a bit. Do you want a drink? And Mimin's be like, give me hot chocolate! Um, but uh, Lucky has something to bring up, which, of course, he has also heard about, you know, the media appearances that Sorachika's been making. And he says, I mean, was it okay for you to do all that? I mean, I know that I guess I'm the one who first revealed it but Sorachika says that's fine I said all that stuff to force Mr. Crescendo and Fanta into making a move I don't think father will banish you right away his phone buzzes he looks at it and then he passes off to Lucky saying it's Fanta why don't you talk to him Lucky and I don't know what this expression is that Fanta is making while waiting on the phone but it's it's a choice that's all I'll say just like, ooh. So, yeah, this wasn't a, a very eventful chapter, but this is a great introduction for this new douchebag character. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say this is a pretty cool chapter. You know, I do like the resolution with Mamin and how that whole situation goes. I, I like her conversation with Lucky and talking about how they're going to bear the the weight of their mother's illness together and celebrate the good times together. It's very, very sweet. I love seeing the dad just so angry that Mamin's gone. Not because he's lost a daughter, but because he's lost an instrument. It's it's just such a great line. And then, yeah, I love the introduction of the new 
nude son who's just like, hey, Pops, I don't give a shit if you don't like Lucky. We got to do shit about my brand right now. All right, man. That's what we got to worry about. So and talking down to his own dad when he's like 15 or something. Yeah. He's so arrogant. No, knowing he's the same age as all the rest of them. But yeah. he feels, I guess, like he's a lot, oh, uh, a lot older. Yeah. I mean, it's partially the height, but it is like he's talking about stuff like brand and everything. It's like he's an established celebrity, which I guess he is. Oh, but yeah. he seems like he's in his 20s instead of being a teenager. So. All right, let's wrap up Super Smartphone, Nick. Yeah, so um, uh, Q got heard that there was this thing going on, and he realizes that a bunch of criminals have been invited to a mass robbery by someone else who has a super smartphone. Uh, so he alerts the police, and he knows that his friend Yuika is there, and so he's got to go and save her. Uh, that one strange uh, police person that we have seen before decides that the tip that they've gotten is a good one and sends out their troops to get it. Uh, Q confuses the criminals by saying the plan is canceled over the super smartphone. Then he sneaks into the building with a bat after, um, I don't know, taking it from a guy who was leaving. We briefly see the super smartphone holder who has planned all this uh, in silhouette. Uh, but then he sends out a word saying, no, we're going to definitely continue the plan. Uh, Q gets in contact with Yuika and warns her and tells her that they need to uh, move. So, and uh, But then, oh, no, a criminal tries to get her. Uh, his mask comes off. And so he's like, I've got to kill her uh, and start strangling her. And then Q comes in and breaks his arms with a baseball bat. Uh, and, uh, then he says it to, uh, to the criminals, if you guys apologize, I'll let you off the hook while not really looking threatening at all. So anyway, that's it. That's the chapter. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Nick, what do you think? We're three chapters in. Do we want to keep it going? Um, no, I concur. No, um, there's no <laughs> follow up to this. This series blows. Now, eventually I will have to read it for monthly other recap. But um, that's future me's problem. Current me doesn't want to read this stupid series right now. So that's what we're going to do. It's not just that it's not interesting to me. I don't think we're capable of talking about it in an interesting way is the clincher for me. Yeah. So I, 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 at one point in time, it felt like maybe there was something interesting. I, there's there's one moment in this chapter that I liked. And it's when he finds out about the shit going in, on at the building. And he asked, he says to the phone, he's like, so this must, you won't let me look up information about it. That must mean the ringleader owns a super phone. And the phone like has little ellipses next to it as a way to indicate that the phone is, is sort of not saying anything deliberately to show us the phone could say something, but isn't. And what I like is, you know, the dot, dot, dot is there for us, the readers. In actuality, if that scene was happening, you know, like he uh, he would be looking at the phone. And I like the, the idea to simplify that and be like, it must mean the ringleader owns a super phone. The phone's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> or, alter, or alternatively, it, it, it just has a little spinning wheel loading screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I need to load that response cue. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Four, we're not. All right, let's talk about Mashal, Chapter One Hundred Eight, Mash Burn Dead, and Friends, and Trains, and 
So Dot and Lance survive their training. Matter Ordo basically gives Hooray. a uh, small bit of like, all right, looks like you guys improved. Dot has a moment where he's like, hey, you're not so bad yourself, buddy. And uh, he gets punched in the stomach with a sand pillar as a, as a result. Um, he gives them both some, some bread and water and is like, here you go. Eat, recover your strength. And Lance is just like, why do you hate magic users? And Order's like, it's the rules. I carry them out. And they're like, so you don't actually care per se? And Dot kind of uses this to be like, yeah, you could be our friend. You could eat a meal with us. And we see a flashback of that friend of Order's who must have died at some point. And Order's like, no, I've already eaten. But it sounds like at some point we're going to get him on the good side. Evil Harry Potter. We cut over to mm -hmm. Finn, who last time was cooking food. Now yes. he has learned necromancy as he brings a dead yeah. rabbit back to life. Um, Caldo Gehenna <laughs> explains... Yes, your magic ability to swap things is highly attuned to use as healing magic as you basically swap readily, uh, more readily cellular tissue for bad ones. And that yeah. makes sense, but he says it as a joke's going on that he's pouring syrup into his coffee and the syrup is so much that it's like pouring out the sides of the cup. And it's like, I'm sorry. Finn can do what now? <laughs> like, this seems fucking gigantic. Uh, but he's like, good. I'm going to be able to do something for us. Then uh, Ren, not Ren. What's his name? Lance? No, uh, his brother. Rain? Rain. Rain? Rain. I think it's Rain. Uh, he shows up and is like, what are you doing here, Finn? Yeah, it's Rain. Sorry, next page he says it. Uh, and Finn's just like, I wanted to help. And Rain's just like, you help? That's a bad joke. Leave. This place isn't for you. So, uh-oh. Family drama. Mash mm -hmm. has finished his training. We see a gigantic hole basically punch through everything. And, uh... Meliodul... Meliodul? Yeah, I think Meliodul. It's like, oh, wow. Mash has exceeded my expectations. And then Mash kind of passes out. He's done too much work. And they're like, shit. Well... Even with my super special magic, which she says, it'll take two days to heal him. Thankfully, we have two days, right? <laughs> and then, like, hard cuts, like, we don't have two days! The monsters have attacked! Yeah. So. I do like the detail that she uh, gets really, really upset and worried when MASH collapses because she, like, trolls him over and is like, you've got to get up, MASH! You've got to get up! She starts, like, smacking him to wake him up. But she smacks him so hard that he starts bleeding afterwards. <laughs> I also like they finished the joke because she starts in her suit and then the next panel after the training's done, she's wearing her dress again. <laughs> yep. So good joke there. And then, yeah, it ends the uh, Innocent Zero started the attack. They're going to call the Divine Visionaries to try to hold things off. Yep. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, that's a big transitional thing. Obviously, the stuff with Finn being able to be a super ridiculous healer. It's like, all right, that's big. That's a uh, thing, yeah. Um, and hey, yeah. Uh, but that's really about it. I think we're just going to have to just see where some of this stuff goes. Yeah. All right. We will, bizarrely enough, finish on the Elusive Samurai, Chapter 63, Holy Pillar, 1335. Uh, we get a brief explanation of the... Uh, ritual of uh, the Onbashira festival of, you know, getting this huge column of wood and writing it down. Uh, and so that's why it was the inspiration for the big 
attack that Tokyuki launched in the previous chapter and now has disrupted Shokan's forces. Shokan, uh, I mean, they everyone kind of realized like this fight's over. Like the, his forces are completely scattered, but they've got to actually get Shokan himself. And Shokan like grabs a sword that has fallen and he just starts skidding down the cliff to, to get to get away. So uh, and then he also whistles out uh, so his troops realize what's going on and starts rallying them. So he starts to basically get a retreat uh, and regroup going. So Toki starts issuing out orders. He has Kojiro and Ayako help out the Kamakura party. And he says that he and Fubuki will go personally after Shokan and get him. And we get this uh, full full shot of Kojiro and Ayako. They have uh, the light armor on as well. They look cool. Um Tokyuki skids down the mountain along with Fubuki. Uh, a sword comes flying straight into him and nearly guts him, basically. Uh, and Shokan backs off as Fubuki backs up Tokyuki. And he just says, I wasn't running away. Actually, I wanted to ask you some questions. And Tokyuki says, well, then why are you trying to stab me? And Shokan's like, I mean, it's fine if I kill you, too. <laughs> but... Uh, he asks Tokyuki how much to predict this, and basically Shizuku knows the area well. That's basically all you need to know about it. Um, but uh, Shokan also hears from Tokyuki's explanation that based on that information, he was able to tell wh- where Yorishige should go. And Shokan's like, wait, so he actually was telling the entire army basically where to march. He also asks about the burning logs, and Tokyuki says, yeah, you buyer the note don't, don't know about this you know, ritual. And we kind of get the same explanation as at the beginning of the chapter as before, but all right. Um, uh, but Shokan's like, I mean, this is a ridiculous, you know, thing, but just by being completely ridiculous, he did something that was completely unexpected and he achieved a decisive victory. And he's very happy about this. He's happy for this opponent that he respects. And he says, you've, you've changed a lot. What's happened in such a short time. And Tokyuki says that he met Kusunoki, uh, and by the way, he's glad you're alive. I'd rather not kill you, so surrender. And we get a flashback to when Chokan had spent some time with Kusunoki, uh, and how it's Shokan's not actually his name. Kusunoki mispronounced his actual name. Uh, and Kusunoki kind of like laughed it off and he said, Hey, when you're an accomplished warrior confronting a worthy opponent, then you may proclaim your true name. And so in the moment, Shokan says that his name is Hirano Shogun. And he says, as a true warrior, I will not surrender. Even if it means death, I commend your growth and will not hold back. And we get the big Nanbokucho tag announcement where, it's Fubuki and Tokyuki against Hirano Shogun, the bald. It's a very it's cool, title. like, fight spread. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like the landscape is erupting around them, which makes sense because, you know, they set most of it on fire. So Shokan immediately realizes that Fubuki is a dual wielder. And he's like, well, I do, too. That's how I prefer because I can defend myself and attack really strong, too. And then we get a bunch of fighting throughout the rest of it. Uh... Tokyuki manages to get around to Shokan, Shokan's blind spot and attacks him, but his armor protects him. 
And then he just kicks Tokyuki away. Fubuki tries to back him up, but now Shokan's kind of like got them divided one on one side, one on the other, and he's whirling the swords around so they can't regroup. And he is, despite the fact that he's outnumbered, his defense is completely impenetrable. He's got the armor on, he's positioning his feet well, and he's got the two plays to hold off any attacks. And Tokyuki's like, he's he's got no openings. What you know? What do we do? Uh, and Shokan also brags that the last technique that Tokyuki used to defeat him, the retreating blade, is not going to work this time. And we also get this big shot of him standing, completely dwarfing Tokyuki, and he says, give me an opening to destroy you, attack me. And Tokyuki looks all determined, and he give, recalls some advice that Shizuku gave him when he was getting the new armor put on, which is that this armor is a last resort because it's not very strong, it's got a lot of openings. As always, be ready to fight through flight. And Tokyo thinks to himself, don't worry, I'll flee and finish him. And he turns around and crouches with his back turned to Shokan, who gets really pissed off. And that is how our chapter ends. Uh, so the start of this chapter was a little rough. There's uh, the panel with Ayako. I looks hideous like awful like straight up like how are have you been in this industry for this long like her legs are all kinds of fucked up i don't know what's going on there yeah that like, to, the toes on that leg shouldn't be pay- pointing that way the toes <laughs> like the length why are her legs so skinny like it it looks really bad like like uh, strangely weird uh but i was like all right i'm gonna generally ignore that uh, and thankfully, the rest of the chapter is actually pretty epic. Like, the fight against Shogun slash Shokan, whatever you want to call him, I guess, at this mm-hmm. point, it feels like a fucking Dark Souls boss. Like, it feels like these are two characters fighting <laughs> against this dude. You're like, God damn it, stop parrying me all the goddamn time. This dude's ridiculous. Uh, and I do like kind of like the intensity of this fight, the way it's sold of like these two against Higan or Hirano Shogun. Like, it's it's just very cool. Um, so I'm excited to see like the next chapter. Yeah. That about sums it up for me as well. There's, there's bits towards the beginning where it's like, all right, you're just kind of like saying the same thing a couple of times. It feels like you needed to make a certain page count. Uh, so you just kind of repeat yourself so that you ended on the right moment. But the ending is quite strong. I mean, this is probably, probably the best fight scene we get this week. Uh, cause there weren't a whole lot of fights. Yeah. So, but it was a quite, it was a really cool one to, to begin this clash between these three characters. So, yeah, very, very good. All right. We're going to close out the recording of the show now by naming our favorites, favorite series and MVP. Yes. So I am going to give my chapter of the week is going to go to Undead Unlock. I thought it was so cool. The idea of just killing off rip and latla but letting them have this conversation to each other and also the awesomely kind of dark moment of andy saying to lucy like don't worry i'm gonna save your mom but not in this time (laughs) yeah she's fucked here but i will take care of her in the next one that's great like an absolutely excellent moment and uh depending on chapter Depending on how you feel about multiverse theory he might just be abandoning this world to die like (laughs) Oh, this is a bit tricky. 
I don't know if there's a chapter that really stands out to me this week uh, in a good way. But if I had to pick one, I guess I'm going to go with Akane Banashi. Okay. Um, It's like I say, I don't think that it's a super huge uh, difference, but uh, it, it stood out to me. It's it's good all the way through. And it introduces some some cool stuff, uh, and also it's just a quality series. So, MVP. Um, my MVP. I'm going to give to Kaguma uh, from Akane Banashi. Uh, I thought it was a cool new introduction to the character. Uh, I like the personality that he was developed with. I like seeing his different attitudes, and I also I really like that moment of like flashing back for him remembering her father and being like, yeah, sometimes turns out I hold a grudge too. Nice little moment. There were a number of like characters that did stand out. I like the bit that Shokan has in this chapter of the Elusive Samurai, where it's like, okay, we've come to see, you know, more sides of his personality, this like noble monster, you know, that he is. Um, also, you know, we got some stuff where, hey, we got introduced to a kind of cool looking villain in My Hero Academia. There's some good stuff in Undead and Luck, this this good character stuff, and also, of course, in Akane Banashi. But I'm going to go with one of, honestly, I think three different deserving characters in PPPPPP. But I'm going to go with Gakwan purely because I get this impression of he's not acting with malice. He's just a he's just a stuck up kid who wants his toys to work a certain way. And that makes him a horrible person. Yeah. Oh, he's awful. He's, he's straight up awful. And that's, that's why I love him. Uh, I almost gave it to Mimin because she was incredibly entertaining and also very, very, very heartfelt. It was very sweet. And I almost gave it to give it to Fanta, but I feel like his big moment is still to come soon. So it was a good one. Uh, the audience, by the way, picked undead and luck as their chapter of the week. And Hina from Blue Box is their character of the week, which I can absolutely understand as well. I do. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Guys, that is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you for joining us here on Twitch.tv slash We record the show Wednesdays at around 730 to 8 Eastern time in the evening. Uh, be sure to uh, keep an eye on the Twitters, the social medias, the, the, the stuff. There's a bug. I got it. I actually caught it in my hand. It's mine. <laughs> I love how I can distract you like this. <laughs> so, um, Roloty, the gift time, the <laughs> podcast. Those, those are the Twitter accounts to follow. Uh, we send, uh, uh, Quinn will send out a tweet once we're live. And that also hits the discord server, which you can also join in. We have a great community that, uh, does all sorts of great stuff, discusses the chapters, uh, in the recap that as they come out, uh, there are regular uh, just kind of fun goof off game nights and stuff that are, that are done as well. And you can also use it to find the Google spreadsheet maintained by Ninja X3I that keeps track of the MVP and favorite series voting, the series that we have covered previously on the show. And also you can make your own recommendations for future series for us to cover on there as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great discussions happen on the Discord server. So like even if like, let's say you don't want to talk about manga per se, which would be weird because why are you listening to a manga podcast? <laughs> but maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, I like talking about manga to no one but myself. There are a lot of great discussions that happen all over the place regarding completely different things. We have an entire channel just dedicated to good ass cats. 
People just post pictures of good ass cats. It's the greatest. It is maybe the only good thing I've ever created in my life, and that includes this podcast. It's, it's the one thing that I made a decision oh. on, and it's a really good look. Let's see. Let's be. Let's admit the, the 2016 era wasn't, wasn't the best, but this the good ass cat thread. That one's excellent. No, go, go check out those 2016 episodes. I'm sure they're great. Anyway, <laughs> um, what the fuck was I thinking? You completely threw me. <laughs> I was gonna try and make a, a crack, but I was like, also, there's a VTuber chat, but Quinn can't attest to that. So. I have no idea. <laughs> I've to- I've been told there is one. It's on mute, as far as I know. So, uh, anyway. Well, we also want to extend special thanks to Winslet Dale Cheddar and Milo Jack Stilts, who create the opening sequence that you can see in the video version of Weekly Manga Recap over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash weekly manga recap. Uh, and speaking of which, that also has some title cards that were done for us by the wonderful Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out on the Internet wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn, uh, including his own Twitter account, twitter.com slash Steve Art. And there was one more thing. Oh, yeah. All the different places you can listen to the show. Of course, yeah. you can check it out on weeklymongerecap.podbean.com. As I said, there's the YouTube channel. And there are also generally anywhere the podcast can be listened to iTunes and Spotify. So, yeah, uh, that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That was a great time. I made a good Oops. episode. That's it. That's now. what that's what happens when there's a Boruto chapter. It's like it's, we suffer, and then a great episode of we, WMR comes out. It's like, <laughs> can I do? It's our magic. It's our gift. It's what we bring into the world. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I, don't have, I don't have a better end to it than that. So Let's very it. slowly go through the claw mark. We're leaving now. Oh, We're no. leaving now. We're oh, leaving. No. You can't stop us. We're leaving. We're leaving. <laughs>